Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of We Have Up. I'm Teresa, and I just wanted to come on really quick and let you know um, that the podcast is actually going to be going on a brief hiatus uh, due to some um, personal things happening in Cody's life. So we're just going to take a brief hiatus. This is definitely not goodbye. It's a see you later. Um, and we'll definitely keep you updated on social media when we come back. So please keep in touch with us on Twitter at WeFDUP. Um, also, just wanted to let you know the audio on this particular episode. I sound a little far away. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with the audio, but um, you should still be able to hear everything that I say. So thanks for listening and please enjoy. everybody and welcome to episode 27 of we effed up i'm Teresa. i'm cody and we have an amazing special guest for you today i would love to introduce to you brie from the pontifax podcast hello brie and thank you so much for being on this episode hello thank you so much for having me i'm very excited um brie is our very first guest so amazing i know we're, we're like semi-legit now <laughs> semi-legit <laughs> supposed to like not legit <laughs> how about too legit to quit. Too legit to quit, man. <laughs> too legit, too legit to quit. Okay, Cody's giving me this look like he has no idea what I'm talking about. I don't. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Um, Bree, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast, Pontifex? Sure. So my podcast, Pontifex, is a papal history podcast ranking all of the popes from Peter to Francis. So in each episode, we look at the life of a single pope. We go through their entire life from beginning to end. We contextualize the history that they're a part of, the decisions that they make. And then at the end, we rank them based on some very, very subjective categories, like how impactful they were as pope, the legacy on the church, the legacy on the secular community, how scandalous they were what their face looked like. And then we decide whether they are papely enough and pizzazzy enough for a papal bull to go into a later rating where we will decide who's the popiest pope who ever poped. That's amazing. That, that's the best thing I've ever heard about a pope in my entire life. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this episode's going to probably challenge that. Oh, soon. yeah. <laughs> So the reason why we have Brie on today is because for episode 27, I think we're, we're talking about a Pope, right? Yeah. One of the more, um, let's add, how do I want to put it? More colorful episodes of papal history. One of the more sober episodes, which, which is fitting. I didn't even realize this until now. This comes out the day after Halloween, which is fitting. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) This is the perfect Halloween episode. Oh yes. Yeah. And November the 1st is All Saints Day. Yep. So, it's also the Day of the Dead, which will be more fitting. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, he he this, will not score any bonus points when you get to that episode of Pontifax. <laughs> <laughs> we just recorded it. Oh, you did? Oh, Amazing. yeah. Amazing. We're in synchronicity. Yes. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like being that this is going to come out the day after Halloween, there's probably some sacrilege in there. But I'm Oh, not. yeah. <laughs> That's pretty The <laughs> most. <laughs> awesome. 
Okay, well, um, can you kick us off, Cody, and tell us like a little bit of the background? Sure. Um, so, as always, with pretty much everything in history, you need a whole lot of context first. Oh, do I? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. As always, you need context. All right. So, the papacy of the medieval period, don't think of it like the papacy today. Okay. Um, so, it's not like this guy was sneaking out and helping the poor? Oh, no, 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 man, I I don't think I need, okay, I just want to think about popes as being like, like Francis. Yeah, they're not cuddly old dudes. They're not cuddly old dudes? No. Oh, okay. See, I I don't know about popes being powerful. I don't know anything about that. Like, just completely out of my radar. So I'm very excited to hear about this. So during the ninth century... Um, there was a great deal of instability at the top of the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Pope, like today, you know, it's you know, like Francis has reigned for like nine years, I think, at this point. Benedict sixteen ruled for like eight years. John Paul II was like on there for like quarter of a century. <laughs> Don't think of popes having long reigns. Their right. reigns could be measured sometimes in years, often in months, and not uncommonly in days. Really. So, so yes. this is like a, a lot of a, turnover. This is like an emperor situation. Like during the crisis. Yeah. 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 Kind of. Okay. Um, and also the pape, uh, the, uh, blah, 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 if I can talk, <laughs> the Pope at this time also held much more temporal power. So what do you mean by temporal? power? Like they actually ruled an area of Italy known as the papal States. Oh, think, okay. think, think of it like, Think of it like the modern day Vatican, but as a whole country, like a big country in the middle of Italy. Okay. More than just like, you know, this little section in Rome that's okay. kind of cut off. Okay. So I can say it's an actual country ruled by the Pope okay. as its leader. Kind of like, think of it like, think of him as like the king of this country. Okay. So that's why they have their own army then? Mm, oh, yes. That, uh, yet, <laughs> but in that, in that vein, that comes pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, so, and at this time you also had, and we've discussed this title before, the confusing title of Holy Roman Emperor. Yeah. <laughs> They're around, they start coming around this time. And part of that, at least at this time frame, to be the Holy Roman Emperor, you had to be crowned by the Pope. Okay. Hence the holy part of it. Okay. All right. So. Makes sense. By the late 9th century, the Carolingian dynasty, which, like, Charlemagne and his heirs, who, again, we talked about on our Louis the Pious episode, uh-huh. I think it was, like, episode four or something like that, mm-hmm. um, they had kind of collapsed. Um, just the the Frankish Empire had broken up. You had East Francia, West Francia, Lotharingia, like, all these different pieces of it. The, the dynasty was just kind of like running out of people, essentially. Okay. Um, so other people were starting to take charge. So there were several contenders for that imperial title. Okay. And again, you need the Pope to have it at this time. Mm-hmm. So the Pope kind of not necessarily became a pawn, mm-hmm. but was greatly involved in the political machinations to get that title. He wielded, he wielded some power. Yeah. Okay. So could he be and the moral authority? That's yes. the big piece. Yeah. Cool. So so he could potentially be swayed one way or the other to favor some one person over another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it also helps, like when you show up to Rome with an army, and be like, "Hey, 
Okay, I think we talked about that in the Louis the Pious episode. There was a wasn't there a siege? Probably. I don't remember offhand. Okay. There are so oh. many sieges of Rome in this <laughs> time period. You could type yeah. in siege of Rome in Wikipedia. It'll be like, which one do you mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- I think I remember us talking about there was some siege, and then the Pope was like rolled over and was like, "Yes, all right." Yeah, I, now. I don't remember exactly, but likely I don't. Yeah. There's... I mean, really, honestly, I could have made that up entirely, but it sounds plausible. Uh, exactly. It does sound entirely plausible. So, and you it's probably. So exactly what happens here. So you're, you're right on the nose. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Cool. Well, I just predicted the future in the past. Good Here's job. Go. So uh, now we have to, you know, yeah, a little bit of context, you know, the, the situation. Now we have to, you know, talk about some of our players in this drama. Okay. First person we're going to talk about is, I think, if I'm not mistaken, your next episode on Pontifex, uh, Pope Formosus. Yes. The next one up. Yep. Okay. Formosus, uh, he had been born uh, around 816 in Rome. Okay. Uh, so, you know, just normal Italian dude. Okay. Um, he had been appointed the Cardinal Bishop of Porto in 864, so... He's a cardinal. He's a bishop. He's you know high up in the church. You know, okay. He's about yeah, about fifty years old by this point. Doing the ca- all the Catholic things. Yeah, all in the right way. Yeah, checking all the boxes. You know. Yeah. Uh, he served as a papal legate to Bulgaria uh, in eight sixty six, okay. or was appointed to that position. What's a papal legate? Uh, just like a papal. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just kind of like a papal ambassador or official. So what was happening in Bulgaria at the time is that Bulgaria was coming to the conversion of Christianity at this period after essentially losing a war. And so they were considering whether or not they were going to go Western Christianity, Catholic Church, or Eastern Orthodox. And so Formosus is who gets sent over by the Pope to represent the Western side and answer all of their questions to hopefully lure them into converting on this side. Okay. All right. So he's like an ambassador, but he's his job is to persuade. Yes. And like, he was wildly successful in this role. Uh, King Boris of the Bulgars absolutely wanted to keep him as the bishop for the Bulgars, but he couldn't do that. Oh, my gosh. So this guy is such a good door-to-door Catholicism salesman that he goes, he goes yeah. to Bulgaria and he's like, listen... Catholicism is where it's at. Those Eastern Eastern Orthodox people, they don't have fancy robes. They don't have all the riches and they don't have Rome. He's the absolute best at his job at this point. And Boris loves him. Amazing. But of course the problem with this canon law at the time said a bishop, a a bishop, (laughs) a bishop couldn't hold more than one C at any given time, which, you know, to prevent like little, bishops from creating their own little fiefdoms or areas of influence like that. So Mm -hmm. since he was already Bishop of Porto, he could not be Bishop of Bulgaria. Mm -hmm. What a decision to have to make. Do I hang out with my friend Boris? Is it just Boris or is it Boris the first? It's Boris the first. Okay. Do I hang out with my friend Boris the first in Bulgaria who loves me or do I have to go back to Porto, which is my, you know, well, he's not even allowed to make that decision because once you are consecrated at, to a bishopric, you cannot leave or transfer. So the fact that he's already a bishop, 
doesn't even give him that choice. He has to be wow. the Bishop of Porto. Yeah. So he, so there's no transfer. No, none. Wow. Wow. Well, shouldn't have gone. Shouldn't have gone. Here. <laughs> Grass is always greener well, on the other side. Well, when the Pope tells you to go do something, you go do it. Oh, that's true. Especially if you, and you, he did such a good job. The, the yeah. Bulgars were going to convert to Western Christianity purely because of him. Yeah. Bless you, Formosus. <laughs> but in the end, the Bulgarians, they don't. Oh, they no. go to Orthodoxy. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since, like, also proximity to oh, yeah. Constantinople. It's like the Byzantines would be like, hmm, really don't like this Catholic state, you know, right in our northern border, especially oh, yeah. from these people who keep attacking us. Okay. So. And Boris was, like, deeply offended that he couldn't have Formosus. Yeah. And since he was shopping both sides, that is a massive factor. He didn't, he absolutely wanted to go that way. But when they told him he couldn't have Formosus, he's like, fine, I'll go to the other church. It was I'll take my directly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This, it's so baffling to me that to think that a leader could just be like, I'm shopping for religions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If I remember, and he loved to shop because he had he had actually this is this was his not his first time ping ponging back and forth. He had really done all of the work with the Eastern Orthodox Church, and then they told him he couldn't have a patriarch of his own, and he said, "Fine, I'll go to the West." Got Formosus, so like, yeah, he's absolutely pinging back and forth and shopping around. Amazing. He just he's a man who knows what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted Formosus, and now that he can't have him, he's going to spite choose the opposite. 100%. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, yeah. And if, oh, I remember, if I remember correctly, there might, I, th- I think there was like a, some Russian ruler back in the day. It might have been Rurik, or maybe not Rurik, but like Vladimir or something. Like they were picking, like, all right, do we want Orthodoxy? Do we want Catholicism? Do we want Islam? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Muslim envoys told him, well, you can't have alcohol. He's like, well, no, I'm not picking you then. Oh, so, my <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't remember exactly which one it was, but yeah, that that's in the back of my mind somewhere. <laughs> if I thought about it for 10 minutes, I'd probably think of it, but that'd okay. be a lot of sitting here doing nothing but <laughs> me thinking hard. No, that's fine. So, so um, Tell me more about Formosus and this well, terrible choice. Well, his situation doesn't get much better for him. He gets excommunicated by Pope John VIII in 875. No! Yeah. <laughs> Is it because of this? No. Uh, from what I, from what I could find, it had something to do with it, but it may have just been cited as like a reason. Like supposedly he was conspiring to overthrow John the Eighth and seize yeah. the papacy for himself, if I remember correctly. So, so the thing with Formosus is Formosus has a lot of really bad friends. And so when he's in Rome, his friends are all a bunch of criminals and they end up like murdering people and stealing from the church. And they're they're all trying to overthrow John in particular because he's trying to crack down on this group of criminal friends. And so Formosus is part of this group and he goes, oh, no, I'm going to get cracked down on. And he actually leaves Rome without the Pope's permission, which is seen as sort of an admission of guilt. And that's why he is excommunicated. Well... Okay, so everybody has their pros and cons. Formosus, great salesperson, terrible friends. Terrible friends. (laughs) Yeah. Like dragging bloody bodies through churches, terrible friends. Well, I mean, the saying goes, work hard, play hard. So (laughs) 
I mean, maybe Formosus was just like, this is my play hard phase. I did the thing in Bulgaria, but you wouldn't let me stay. And Boris the first wanted me to stay. So I guess now I just, I'm going to yeah. have really terrible friends. We, we had, look, I, we had a bromance. We, I had a friend and you forced me to abandon him. And then the Pope's like, no, you're conspiring against me. And yeah. he's like, I wasn't, but I would because I'm a great salesperson and I bet you I could do it. And then he gets mm-hmm. like, yeah. <laughs> um, and that wouldn't really go much better for him until John died in 882. Oh, um, I really thought was that- murdered in 882. Yeah, was murdered. <laughs> murdered? Yes. Was it Formosus's friends? Maybe. They're oh. not sure. Yeah. It's, murder. I, I told you, this is a different papacy. Okay, so <laughs> hear me out. This sounds like the beginning of a Dan Brown novel. Oh, yeah. He would have loved to have written this story. Yeah, yeah like unsolved papal murder. It takes us through a whole bunch of different places in Rome. We've got some some dubious symbols pointing to one thing or the other, and then we're going to find out it has something to do with the Knights Templar. <laughs> I think I just wrote this book. I'm going to sell it to Dan Brown. You should. Don't sell to him. (laughs) You have to to throw in some bits about how hot Robert Langdon is. Because (laughs) if you read those books, he clearly has a massive crush on his main character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's he's old and and rugged, but also like very learned. Super hot. (laughs) Maybe I can relate. Um, (laughs) Cody, whatever. I'm old and... I don't know about the rest of it, but so, anyway. So so John dies. John VIII dies. Yes, John VIII dies. Okay. So the new pope is Marinus I. Or is it Marinus or Marinus? Either or. Generally, uh, they say Marinus, but it doesn't. Marinus I. Okay. New, new Marinus Uno. Um, <laughs> I don't think they ever call him Marinus Uno. No, I'm just kidding. He restores uh, Formosus, rehabilitates him, and he's now Bishop of Porto again. So is that what it's called when you get excommunicated and then they recommunicate you? It's called rehabilitated? No, it's just like when you, you know, someone is on the outs and then they kind of bring it back in. So it's like, is it called recommunicated? Reconciled or reinstated, generally. Okay, cool. Oh, so I think recommunicated should be. It <laughs> should be. I mean, it is the logical opposite. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Um, and Formosus, he would just... Um, he remains in that position until he's actually elected Pope mm-hmm. nice. in October of 891. So Formos has had the big come up. He gets excommunicated. He he makes best friends with yep. Boris the first. He gets kicked out because the Pope's like, you're conspiring against me. Then the Pope gets murdered and then he becomes the Pope. Yeah. yeah. This is... It's like a Richard Nixon type comeback. Yeah, this is literally <laughs> an episode of Law and Order. Dun dun. Yeah. Oh, just wait. <laughs> yep. Law, law and order will be thrown out the window here shortly. Oh, um, Stabler will solve this case. I, I have faith. They'd more be more, more likely to just beat the guy up in prison. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. He would. Okay. Stabler's a violent character. He is. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> don't get me off on a law and order tangent. I will. I will follow that tangent. This is dangerous. Yes, it is. It's very dangerous. Um Anyway, Formosus, uh, papacy, you know, like I said, the political political machinations, uh, became involved in some situations regarding the Patriarchate of Constantinople, throne of West Francia, but he's ineffective. Okay. So, 
mm-hmm. um, at the now at the time of his election, the Holy Roman Emperor was. Uh, this is going to be some throw some names at you. Okay, Guy the Third of Spoleto. Guy the Third of Spoleto. Uh, the king of Italy. He was the first non-Carolingian to hold the imperial title. What's a Carolingian? That's like the descendants of Charlemagne. Charlemagne. That's who held the title up until this point. Oh, okay. so like Louis the Pious, oh, Charles yeah. the Fat. I know this name. Charles the Bald. Those guys. It rhymes with Merovingian, and then that just makes me think of the Matrix. So. <laughs> the Merovingian every time were the previous dynasty. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why like I'm getting it confused. Clovis and Clothar and Dagobert, all them. Clothar is my favorite name of all time. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought, you know, well, there's this fluctuates a lot because uh, yesterday's episode, you said you wanted to change your last name to Thrax. So I can be Thrax is such a good last name. Come on, I could be Thrax. I could be Teresa. Thrax. Clothar Thrax. Clothar Thrax sounds like the best Stargate, like Stargate name ever. <laughs> I love it. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. I get off on my name tangents. So yeah. Far, so, um, I guess I didn't realize I didn't show you any pictures of these people. So, uh, there's Formosus. Oh. Got a weird little tuft of hair in yeah, the front. Yeah, he has an unfortunate the bunny poof, as we call it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sorry about your hair, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is not a contemporary portrait, but obviously, yeah. But um, are you using the ones from St. Paul's outside the walls? Uh, whichever one was on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're the round images. Yeah. Yeah. Inside the walls. So the reason the- they end up with the bunny poof is because they have to have the tonsure, and so it's that little bit that's left after the tonsure, and, and many popes are depicted with the little bunny yeah. poof. I see. Yeah. So this is like a, it's almost like a symbol of their, like the fact that they have been wearing it for so long, or that they wear it all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So then it, it wasn't weird for them. Like, no, no, this it's, is normal. It's weird for us, but yeah, because I don't think I've you know, I don't know, maybe I should rock that hairstyle, bring it back. I would love to see a modern bunny poof. I don't know, I don't know. I feel like if you cut it, it's never going to come back, and then you're just going to be like that. <laughs> I'm going to come back gray, and I'll be sad. Well, you don't have far to go, so. <sighs> oh. <laughs> that that, that hurt. That physically hurt me. <laughs> Continue. Anyway, uh, Formosus <laughs> is kind of, kind of wary of this uh, newly crowned emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the relationship only worsened when Guy compelled Formosus to uh, crown his son. Well, maybe not compel, maybe just, you know, aggressively persuaded Formosus to uh, <laughs> crown his son Lambert as co-emperor in April 892. And let me show you a picture of Lambert here. No. Yeah, see, I got see. There, there's a picture of Lambert. For context, listeners, it's just Christopher Lambert. It's not. Yeah, Christopher <laughs> Lambert. That's just a, Christopher. No, Lambert. no, that, that's 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 Lambert. Not only is it Christopher Lambert, it's kind of a scary picture of him. Every picture sure. of him is a scary picture. Of no, him. that one in specific <laughs> is is very strange. I'm not sure why you yes. put that on there. Because it's, I'll find any excuse to push Christopher Lambert on you. I mean, he's a little bit old for Lambert. I'm, I googled this man. You, <laughs> yeah, but you know the the opportunity was there. I, I couldn't squander that. Yeah, fair. So. Lambert's a bit oh. of a young weenie in this story. Yeah, I'm I'm a, the biggest Christopher Lambert fan on the planet. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Or only maybe. Um, no, if you would say that, you should say that out loud. I don't think so. 
Why should I, why should I hide it? I'm proud of it. Um, there can be only one. Um, oh, so gosh. the Pope, um, in response, is he turns to a rival of guys, uh, Arnulf of Corinthia. Is it Guy or Guy? It's actually Guido, but the English is, is yeah. Guy. Oh, okay. Cool. He turns to his opponent. Yeah, there's okay. there's another rival uh, from the north called uh, Arnulf of Corinthia. Arnulf is a great name as well. Arnulf, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so there's some you know military conflict. Um, oh, no, yeah, uh, but guy he dies in December eight ninety four. Okay, um, and Lambert would be defeated, or Lambert and his forces. He was supported a lot by his mother because again, Lambert's young at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, Defeated also, his mother has a fantastic name as well. It's Egeltrude. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I, I, all right. I'm going to go tomorrow and change my name to Egeltrude. You can have like 20 right. names. Egeltrude Clothar Thrax. Yeah. It's. I'm going to have 20 names. You know what? A lot of emperors had a thousand names. Yeah. And there um, are tons of people in history that have had a bajillion names. Most recently, the one that I think of right off the top of my head is Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. A bunch of names. So many. Aside from just, like, Elizabeth Windsor. but Yeah, two. Whatever. Oh, no, she has so many middle names. Titles. No, yeah. So. Yeah, it was weird. During the funeral, it's like, the guy didn't just list off all of her titles. I'm like, is this necessary? (laughs) How many of these are relevant? Wow. Mm -hmm. Are people who are... Our, our listeners who are fans of the Queen are now very offended. I'm not sure how many are. <laughs> Maybe a half. I don't know. A half person? Yes, a half a person. They're half interested in the podcast is what I meant. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I guess it's better than not interested. It's necessary because of the ceremony aspect. They, they have to maintain the ceremony. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that, then it will literally dissolve. Great Britain will break off of Scotland Scotland is not part of the island of Great Britain. Yeah, I know. Whatever. Wait, what? Scotland and Britain are on the same part? Scotland is on the island of Britain. Yeah, I know. I said, okay, all right. United Kingdom is going to break off and dissolve if they don't maintain the ceremony. Okay, sure. You know, earthquakes everywhere. Earthquakes happen when uh, when traditions are upset. That's Keep true. that in mind. Yeah, because it was so necessary for that one guy to just break the wand of office. I mean, you don't know. I, I seriously chuckled when they said, like, this is the wand of office. And I'm like, are you serious? Do you know that, that even though that guy was the hot head of MI5 before he was, before he was whatever it's called. Royal the, Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah, Royal Chamberlain. That is probably the most important thing he will ever do in his entire life, and he was probably so stoked to do it. Oh yeah, probably definitely. His whole yeah. life had been building to that moment. It was hit. It was important to him, so yeah. that's okay. Uh, anyway, back to four <laughs> to four. I can't talk. <laughs> back to four Moses. Yes. Um, so Arnulf is now semi-victorious. Okay. Um, so four Moses. Crowns Arnulf as emperor. Like, hey, you're emperor now. Yeah. Because you won. Yeah. However, Naturally. Arnulf's victory was short-lived because he had a stroke uh, mm-hmm. not too long afterwards. Um, and he returned to Germany oh. to convalesce. Yeah, he, he lasts a few more years, but his stroke yeah. really kind 
kind of he, he was paralyzed, but he also had a very bizarre um, condition where he got a pubic lice infection in his eye. So he was having a bad time. Oh my god! Oh, yeah. I'm glad I didn't find that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was oh. a time. Wow. Well, sorry, sorry about that, Arnold. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah, it's not a good time for him. So he's like, he's emperor, but it's just, it's not going well. No. There are so many weird things that can happen to your eyes. You really got to be careful. If anything goes weird with your eyes, it's like, it's got to be handled. I Immediately. Yep. It turns into, but pink eye turns into like something terrible. If you mm-hmm. don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's like a sexually transmitted disease that it turns into. Ew. Yeah. And you can lose your eye. It's not good. Back to a more cheerful topic. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> um, and Formosus uh, followed Arnulf. He died not long afterwards in April 896, which kind of left Lambert and his faction to uh, reassert control. R.I.P. Formosus. You were yes. a real one. Yeah. Because when it comes to Lambert, there can be only one emperor, oh my Teresa. Gosh. Are you really get, you're really going to milk this for all the? Oh, can. I am. <laughs> Is, does this guy stay in the story for a long time? Lambert. Lambert? Yeah, yeah, he's there. Yeah. Oh man. So. All right, episode's over. I'm just no. <laughs> There's just going to be so many Lambert jokes now. So at this point, we should also introduce the effort upper of our episode. Uh oh. Pope Stephen the sixth. P H or V? P H. Yeah. Okay. Um, or, well, yeah. Uh, Stefano. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Or it could be Stephen Seven in some sources. Mm-hmm. What? How can he be both the sixth and seventh? Or the <laughs> because seven? there was a Pope elect Stephen at one point. He di- he was elected. <laughs> he only lasted a few days before he was consecrated. He yep. used to be included in the numbering. Oh. But yeah. He's not that anymore. was our shortest episode to date, where and Fry had no idea it was coming, and it's a seven-minute episode, and her <laughs> outrage is hilarious. Wow! Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, still so. one of my favorites because I I sometimes have to be very creative in pulling the wool over her eyes. <laughs> oh, there, there are some things where it's like I have to kind of not elaborate on something because I just genuinely want to see Teresa's reaction to it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm, a good, I'm a good foil in that way. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so yeah, so I I, I I understand that completely, especially because like you know I use her tablet to go through the notes and everything, so I have to make sure it's like okay, don't be. He he puts all of the the documents on yeah. my Google Drive, and I just I I just know not to read <laughs> yeah, read any. So mm-hmm. I trust her not to. Uh, I trust her to come into it fresh. Yeah, I'll, aside from the names of the people, that's literally all I know. Yeah. Like, I knew that we were doing Stephen the Sixth today, but I had zero idea otherwise. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to tell you this story then. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. yes. So a little bit, a little about Stephen. Born okay. in, born in Rome. Okay. The son of a priest. Okay. Which is weird in and of itself. Yeah. Okay. I guess I wasn't thinking critically of that. Yes. Yeah. Not yet. It's still not entirely like taboo, but it's it's not great. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, he was later in life. He was appointed bishop of an an agni an agni an, that <laughs> that's, that's a tough. Yeah. Is that a lot? 
Are there a lot? Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The GNI sound. Is, yeah. I, is I, tough. Yeah. I can't make that sound with my mouth. Ananye? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it. Uh, he's pointing that position by Formosus. Uh, from what I found, perhaps unwillingly. Oh, totally against his will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Which, from what you said before, once you're bishop of a place, yeah. you don't you don't get to just stop being that the bishop of that place. So now he's like stuck. Yep. Yep. And that also is supposed to apply to the bishop of Rome. Oh. Yeah, which is the Pope, so... Yeah. So if you've been made a bishop, you're technically not supposed to be allowed to be Pope. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. which is definitely different from today. Okay. Oh, yeah, entirely. Yeah. yeah it so- only happened maybe twice before in all of history. Pope Marinus was the first, Pope Formosus was the second. The only yeah. ones that had been bishops prior. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. so... Yeah, it... it I mean, technically, I mean, I I think technically even today, the only requirements to be Pope are to be Catholic and a man. Correct. But, so, sorry, Teresa, but. Um, <laughs> well, there goes that. Yeah, I know, I know they ruined your life path. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like as a Catholic, though, you probably would know that far in advance. <laughs> like, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it to 32 yeah. and then. <laughs> but it was just highly unlikely that, you know, a today, like a, someone who's not a bishop or even a cardinal would be elected pope. Okay. When was the last time like a non-cardinal was elected pope? Or do hundreds you and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It was during yeah. the Renaissance period. Yeah, so it's wow. like, you have to be a cardinal, you have to be a bishop. Yeah. Is cardinal and bishop this interchangeable? No. Oh. Cardinal is like a... <laughs> Uh-huh. It's a level above. So so if you're a cardinal, that means that you have like a titular church and you're one of the highest of the offices. It's kind of changed over time. In this period, there were more cardinals than what we would have now. But they are they're like another you don't have to be a bishop to be a cardinal, but it's almost always the way that it's the next step up from being bishop. Okay. They're the people who like who elect the Pope and uh-huh. they like people like they wear like yes. the red like mm-hmm. outfits, I yeah. guess. For better, yeah. I don't know what it's called in this, but the only reason I know this word is from Midnight Mass on Netflix. <laughs> the the robe, at least the robe that that guy wears is called a shazable. I don't know if that's what it's actually called. But like the robe part is called a shazable. Yes. That's right. There we Nailed it. That's the only thing I know about the the outfit, and it's <laughs> specifically because I did a series. <laughs> we did a bonus series on Midnight Mass, so I had to learn a little bit about modern Catholicism and like all the pomp and circumstance of Easter. Yeah, because Julia was <laughs> she still Catholic, or she at least was raised Catholic. She, well, I, she wasn't necessarily raised Catholic. She was. She went to Catholic school Uh-oh. from kindergarten all the way up through uh, 12th grade. So oh, that's a long time in Catholic school. Yeah. So she, she knew quite a bit about Catholicism. I know literally nothing about Catholicism except for what you've told me so far. And we have to, or not, we have to, <laughs> that's currently what we're recording. Uh, midnight mass. That's literally all I know. And that there are Catholic churches that exist. And that I like to be in them, but I don't know anything about them. <laughs> fair. That's totally fair. Um, so anyway, back to Stephen. Okay, Stephen uh, 6 or, and or 7th. 
Yes, it's six or seven. Yes, um, he was and he would be elected pope in May eight ninety six, with, from my understanding, the backing of Lambert and his faction. Yes, so he got to be pope. Yes. Oh, now in between Formosus and Stephen, there was actually another pope. I think it was like Boniface the sixth. Sixth. Yeah. He only lasted fifteen days. Oh, he's relevant. Second shorted, second shortest papacy in history. Yeah, so that gives you, like I said, they're they're going through them fast in this time. So are they are they like mostly dying, mostly being killed, like dying of natural causes, or being killed, or is it like a healthy mix of all of it? Healthy mix, really. Well, it, it's in it's in a time period where pretty much every pope you could look at and go, maybe he was. And it's probably true. Ever since John VIII, John VIII was the first pope to ever officially be murdered in a way that wasn't martyrdom. Wow. But when it comes to Boniface VI, he definitely died of gout. Oh. But you'll get the, maybe he was murdered all the same. Okay. Amazing. I like the maybe he was murdered thing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I have to say that at the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. But the fact that this guy died of gout, like he was elected Pope and then 15 days later, like I, I, maybe it was on purpose. They looked at this dude and they're like, that guy is definitely about to die of gout. <laughs> we need like two <laughs> more weeks to this out. That, and that's exactly what was happening in this time period because, because Formosus was clearly part of the Arnulf faction and, ben- and Boniface the Sixth was also part of the Arnold faction, so they were just grabbing somebody they knew they could control and forcing them onto the papal throne. At this point, we're not having democratic elections at all. They're definitely putting placeholders on the throne specifically for that purpose. Gotcha. Okay, so they're just like grasping at straws at this point. Yeah, yeah. This that- is our guy. Let's put him there so that we're still in control for a little bit longer. Nice. Okay, it yep. makes perfect sense. So, Stephen's now Pope. January 897. And this is where he up. Oh. He convoked the Cadaver Synod. What? Or, and this name is awesome, in Latin, Synodus Horrenda. Oh my gosh. This is the best. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) I have no idea what this means, but... So synod is like a meeting or like a, correct me if I'm wrong, Bree, like it's kind of just like a meeting where they decide certain religious yes. policies. It's essentially an official church council. It's not like a big one where they call bishops from all over. It's like held in that city with the with the curia of Rome. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so this is. But before you, you tell this story, are you going to contextualize his reason? Sarah, say it one more time. Are you going to. Te- contextualize why he does this? Yes. Uh, somewhat, at least from what I found. And of course, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. So, Stephen, he, as, he, as you mentioned, did not want to be the bishop of that place name I can't pronounce correctly. So, Ananye. Already a little, little salty at Formosus. Okay. Uh, you remember, he's backed by the faction of Lambert and his mother and his uncle, or not his uncle, his cousin, I think, was was also called Guy. Mm-hmm. Confusing. Which, yes. This is like so many guys in this period. There's yeah. so many Kyles, too. Yes. Um, so, and of course, from the opposing faction, uh-huh. Formosus and Boniface, they had backed Arnulf. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's some of you know those um, 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 factors at play here. Mm-hmm. Um, Supporting different teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got it. And there's a lot of impetus to kind of undo everything Formosus did. Uh-oh. As in his appointments. Okay. As in making Arnulf the emperor. Mm-hmm. Oh. And making okay. Stephen the bishop of yes. Ananyi. He's really desperate to be rid of that title. <laughs> yes, because remember, can't hold two bishop, bishoprics. Okay. And Stephen, I'm assuming his like ultimate goal is to be pope. Well, he, he is well, pope he right, is right now. Pope. He is pope right now. But he now. doesn't want to be pope. No, he or he just doesn't want to be bishop of the one place. He wants to le- kind of legitimize his own election as pope because remember you can't hold more than two bishops oh, because remember okay. pope is also bishop right. of Rome. Got it. He, got it he's got on it. super shaky ground, and even yes. the people who supported him and put him in the papacy heavily criticized Formosus for being a bishop before he was pope. So he he knows that he has to find a way out of that. Or they could, the other group could use this as a justification to topple him out. Oh man, yeah. I love this. The hilarious amount of rules and like their very strict adherence to these rules is just, it's so fascinating to me as a person in 2022 when we're just like, rules, what rules most of the time? <laughs> or like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that was rules, so it doesn't apply to me. But in this particular instance, this he has a legitimate you know claim to being Pope at least as far as it goes, but they're like, wait, but you are bishop of two places and you cannot be bishop of two places. Yes, exactly. I want to be Pope. I just, just please let me be Pope. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, so there's those factors at play here. Okay. Um, Bri, I don't know if you want to, if there's more you want to add to that. I just think it's really important to sort of like highlight the the desperation of Stephen because at this point, not only is his papacy on very shaky ground for this reason that they have a perfectly legitimate reason to get rid of him at any time, but Egeltrude and Lambert are there saying, you need to make Lambert emperor by any means necessary. You need to invalidate Arnulf by any means necessary. So they're like, fully prepared to show up with an army and force this to happen. So yeah. he's desperate and it makes him a little oh, unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. We love an unhinged Pope. Let's, oh, let's, you will. <laughs> let's, mm. let's, okay. So let's, let's hear about this cadaver. How do you say that word? Synod. Synod. Yeah, okay. that's right. Cool. You can probably already guess from the name of it. You can <laughs> where this is going. So, are they going to exhume? Yes. Yeah. So, I love an exhumation. Please tell me about this. So, you know, it wasn't enough to just say, you know, or nullify. Like, okay, all that guy's stuff. You know, all of his decisions are null and void. We have to put him on trial. Oh my god, his dead body. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have? <gasps> This is going to be a dead body trial? This oh. is the part of the show I like when she oh does this. <laughs> so when it all comes together. Oh, yes. They're going to try the deceased Formosus for perceived crimes and offenses. His dead body? Accordingly, mm-hmm. the corpse of Formosus was exhumed, dressed in papal vestments, and put on trial in the Basilica of St. John Lateran. A deacon was appointed to speak for him because he obviously could not speak. And here, I have an image of this. Yeah. There it is. 
Oh my God. This is the, okay. This, this is probably the best moment in We Up history. I am so <laughs> excited by this image. Yep. This is incredible. It's like, there's, there's Stephen, there's the deacon, and then there's to the poor, a- the poor corpse. The one thing, though, that you'll love that the image actually gets wrong, though, Teresa, is that the deacon who was appointed was, like, very young. Oh, he's, like... Very inexperienced. Yeah, that, that guy looks like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, this, this is okay. It does work. Yeah, this poor, like, just teenage deacon they pulled from somewhere. Yeah. This is this is amazing. The, to be a fly on the wall. To yeah. just be a fly on the wall in this... Where did you say it was? St. John, the Basilica of St. John Lateran, which is still there today. I mean, it's obviously been redone several when, times over. When we but. go to Rome, I insist <laughs> that I bring a plastic skeleton and we <laughs> recreate that image with a plastic skeleton. Okay. If we're allowed. We'll just right. do it really quick. Just try our best. Probably won't be allowed. It's okay. <laughs> you you don't ask for permission. You beg for forgiveness. Everybody knows you'll be forgiven. Well, the, well, the confessionals will be right, right there. We'll just confess. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and Elle will be forgiven. It'll be fine. The thing that gets me, though, about this is like, what poor sap had to dress this decaying body in the in the papal vestments? That's the person I feel sorry for. Yeah. Because they have to, yeah. like, handle this deceased, decaying corpse up close. But you know, Nine months after he died, by the yes. way, too. So, like, advanced state of decay. So, but I bet that they were like, this is so important to my life. Like, I am participating in a key moment in people. <laughs> oh, I'm not That's sure like- anybody around Stephen was thinking that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Stephen was pretty much just like, the, the one running the show. Everyone else was just like, what? Horrified. Yeah. Okay, well, so I'm not the only one then. Okay. No. No, no the, the, believe it or not, there were some degree of standards even back then. Okay, mm. so picture this. What if there was a Monty Python sketch where they basically weakened at Bernie Formosus's corpse, and they just like, I didn't do that, and it's just... Well, that's, well, that's why they appointed... Ex- yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. It would be great if they, like, if they had two deacons on either side, and they were just like holding up his arms and like making yeah. it look like he was moving. Yeah. This uh, isn't even like the worst exhumation of a story I can think of. There's a Portuguese King who like after his queen died, his mistress had died before as well. I think he had his mistress exhumed and crowned queen. So like everybody had to like go and like kiss her ring or whatever. Mm. Yeah, there's mm. images. I don't remember which Portuguese king it was, but yeah, it's like so. Like, there's some weird, macabre, like exhumation stories. So I love an exhumation story. Uh, so I'm excited. So that so they're having yeah. a trial for Formosus yeah. for Formosus's dead body. So the charge is um, quote usurping the universal Roman see in such a spirit of ambition end quote, which is a reference to the suppose the quasi-attempt of Formosus to usurp the papacy during John VIII that we talked about earlier. Right, right. That was, like, more his friends than anything else. Right. Uh, Perjury. Mm -hmm. Because that... Tack that that on to everything else. Sure, sure. Um, And attempting to exercise the office of bishop while a layman. Okay. uh, Because 
he had been excommunicated and was still acting as as a bishop during that period when he had been excommunicated by Pope yeah. John. Okay. So so when he was on the outs, he was like, listen, yeah. I'm still bishoping over here. And they were yeah. like, no, no, you won't. And then he became Pope, though. So it was like, well, we can't talk about that time. Don't talk about the excommunication time. Yeah. But now he's being retried. Yeah, which okay. all kind of just ignored his comeback. Because like the Marinus the first is like, this guy's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Let's bring him back. Bring him back in the fold. All like just kind of ignored that. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So people have short memories. Yeah. Uh, during the trial, memories, Stephen quote, screamed and raved, hurling insults and mocking the rotting corpse. End quote. Okay, so this deacon is just like bored. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to spice up these proceedings. No, no, this is this, oh, no, no, this Stephen. is Stephen. Okay, this not, is the Pope. Formosus. Yes, the okay. Pope. I thought that the deacon was doing this on behalf no, of the dead body. No. Okay. All right. So the Pope is freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And yeah. the poor deacon has to answer questions like, because I was evil, because <laughs> yeah. of my ambition. So. Oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. He can obviously is not going to be an impartial third party. No. He has to answer these in a way that's clearly going to convict Formosus and make him seem like the worst pope ever. Yeah, I mean Absolutely. The Pope is his boss. Right, exactly. So it's either make Formosus out to be a a terrible, evil human being, the worst, or he will die. The deacon will die, probably. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, Formosus was uh, found guilty. (laughs) <laughs> wow okay. yeah i mean shocker yeah i bet everybody was just like you know what yeah. we need to get out of this room with this corpse it smells terrible oh Although, god the stench well at this point in time it probably didn't smell as bad yeah, but it was showered it's it still smells bad but not as bad it's not like you know four weeks afterwards yeah well hmm. now there's a lot of ventilation in that room that's true but also how often were people bathing at this point I don't know. Generally, everything may just melted into the background stench. <laughs> they just lit a lot of incense. It's fine. It's a Catholic thing. They they uh, light incense. The corpse was stripped of papal vestments. <laughs> no, had three fingers chopped off, which is like the fingers he'd like bless and bless That's stuff with. That's well, such- well, well. That's that's to like say like oh you know all the blessings and all the stuff he did. Those don't count. That's so, that's like such a mafia thing. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound very... It gets more mafia, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it it gets better because Mm -hmm. first they bury him in a a grave. I saw like, I saw in two different places. One, it was just a grave for just commoners. Another one, it was specifically a graveyard for foreigners, which sounded weird to me, but wouldn't shock me. It's kind of like the potter's grave situation. Yeah. So, like, there's nobody to claim. Like, the potter's field is, like, when yeah. nobody will claim yeah. the body or they can't afford to be buried. Correct. Yeah. It so, it's very much that. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's better. Because that's they, not enough. <laughs> yeah. Stephen decided, like, that's too good for him. So, they dug him up again and just threw his body in the Tiber River. Much like the mafia. Yeah. They but didn't t- give him concrete shoes, but no. that's okay. The Tiber River Actually, might They did be- weigh him down, though. Yeah. Oh, amazing. The Tiber River might... Hold the record for most bodies thrown into it. Yeah, it, it's. Are we counting the East River in New York? Because that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was my failed attempt at a joke. 
Yeah, but I mean, the Tiber's got like a few thousand years on the East River. Yeah. Like a lot of Roman uh, emperors and officials. Thrown in there? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The riverbed is probably just skeletons at this point. So he's sleeping with the fishes. Not for long. Uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you serious? So, again, so <laughs> all of his acts and ordinations, null and void. So. Yeah. Um, from what I read, and again, this is something where it's like I read like a few different things about this. For a long time, the prevailing theory was that Stephen VI had been pressured into holding the synod by Lambert himself, mm-hmm. or by Lambert and his mother. But I also read a theory, like a more modern one, that Lambert's cousin, the previously mentioned, like the second guy I mentioned, uh-huh. the guy the fourth. Uh, pressured Stephen to convoke the synod because Formosus had enlisted Arnold's assistance after Guy had attacked another city in Italy, uh, Benevento. Okay. So. Yeah. I mean, like a few different yes. they, they definitely pressured him to convoke a synod where they would, where they would invalidate the acts of Formosus, but no one told this man to put a body on trial. Yeah. Like, even they, even like Lambert and Guy and like uh, Lambert's mom were probably just like, we didn't, we didn't. Oh, no. add, yeah, add. They, they were horrified. Yeah, <laughs> like we. It's like, you know, go the extra mile. But my goodness. Well, he was like, "This is this is what will make me legitimate." Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving mm-hmm. the body of a dead pope and then putting it literally on trial. Yeah, the whole episode just horrified everybody. And towards the end of the Synod, uh, there was an earthquake that hit Rome. So a lot of people were like, this is an act of God. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Yeah, so eventually the public, the the Romans do what the Romans do, and they kind of just have a lot of public riots. Stephen is overthrown, imprisoned, and strangled to death in August of 897. Oh my gosh. I have to throw something in here, too, because it wasn't just an earthquake, right? What happened was the entire Lateran Basilica that they just had this in collapsed. The entire thing came down. Oh, my God. So, we're, we're like, sign of God, quite literally, the entire building where this just happened was completely destroyed. And there are even sources that argue that it wasn't an earthquake, that the Lateran Basilica just collapsed on its own. Because there isn't any, like, geological record of an earthquake. So, yeah, it went down. That whole building that you want to go and visit. It has been rebuilt since, but, yeah, it came down. So everyone's like, oh, God's mad. Probably was. Yeah. I, I mean, like, of all the things to happen after this, like, crazy pageantry, like, basically a... Like a the worst for the worst kind of pageantry. Yeah, like a like a terrible soap opera with Formosus and Stephen the Sixth. I know that'd be on a soap opera. I can't see that happening on, on my beloved Young and the Restless. <laughs> well, there's a lot of soap operas where somebody will be like dead, and then they'll find out that they're not dead. Oh, oh yeah, well, yeah. I mean that. I mean, yeah, or that they were a twin. So I think it could happen. You say that so dismissively, like you have such contempt for those type of shows. I didn't say it dismissively. Mm-hmm. I was just saying it. Mm-hmm. I was like, Explaining. Watch yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, if you ever watch Port Charles, there was like a whole heaven realm. There's vampires. So, nearly a soap opera. Anybody needs to watch is Young and the Restless. All right. <laughs> okay. 
Especially if it doesn't have zombie popes. I mean, yeah. is it doing a good job? It has, It has. you know, Victor Newman. Okay. <laughs> I am definitely, in, in this potential novel that I'm going to sell to Dan Brown, I'm definitely wrapping this in. Like, it's going to be something like, you have to find Formosus's, like, dead body at the bottom of the river and he has a ring on and the ring fits into a secret door in the new Basilica and when you turn it, then all well, of the secrets of the universe are revealed to you. Formosa's body doesn't stay at the bottom of the river. Oh, God. Nope. nope. So, so so Stephen is dead, though. He's been killed. He's oh, been yeah. strangled. Yep. In prison. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So what happens to Formosus's body? Well, let's start by saying this. Okay. The following decade saw a Rapid succession of popes. Yeah. More rapid. Yeah. Each kind of varying between denouncing Stephen's actions, and later on there's someone who will approve of them. Oh, boy. Yep. It goes back and forth, yeah. back and forth for like 200 years. Stephen, <laughs> Stephen was succeeded by Romanus, um, who, who condemned it, but like apparently didn't go far enough. Mm-hmm. And he was overthrown after like three months. Oh my gosh. He was succeeded by Theodore II. Okay. Who only lasts 20 days. But also very important because he's the one who, um, uh, Formosus' body, like, you know, it washes up. Uh-huh. And pr- apparently it's rumored to have performed miracles. Yes. So. Even better. Yes. He has Formosus' body reinterred with full papal honors all that stuff I'm getting whiplash from the back yeah. Of- <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, so yeah is he isn't he is he bad is he good is he excommunicated is he the pope is he on trial is he in the water is, uh, he, is he the pope again yeah uh, Theodore II was succeeded by John the Ninth, who forbade trials of dead people thank goodness because I, I feel like that conversation was like when the FDA has to put out a public release, please do not cook chicken with NyQuil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, we shouldn't have to say this. This is common sense. I bet you John the Ninth was like, but like everybody in the room was like, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but like. Oh, but now we have to say it. We have yeah. to make it official. It's like when you read like one of those warning labels on something that's utterly ridiculous. It's like, somebody did that. Yeah. Yep. So this is a this is a good a good time of that though. But John the Ninth uh, would be succeeded by an episode I am looking forward to so much. Sergius the Third. Uh, yeah, he has an amazing name. He has an amazing papacy. To, in, in mm. the, well, amazing might not be the right word, but he has a very. Um, Interesting one. Oh boy, we can we can summarize Sergius the Third for future listeners by saying he's the start of a period called the Pornocracy. So there's that. The Pornocracy. Yep. Pornocracy. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's really exciting. You have never been more it's interested coming. in history before now, have you? Absolutely not. <laughs> I like before this episode. Legitimately, all I knew about popes were John Paul II, Benedict, and Francis. That's as far as I... Not even St. Peter. Huh? Not even St. Peter. I mean, like, the name. We, we, <laughs> like, yeah, most people don't know that he was technically a pope. I think that's fair. Fair. All right. 
He was like the first Pope, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I know that much. Um, I, I did know that part. And I know that like the, the Catholic church in my hometown where I grew up was called St. Peter. Um, ah. like, Alexander the sixth, you know, Alexander the sixth. That's usually the name. Uh, yeah. Everybody goes to. No. That's Borges. literally the Pope I hear all the time. Oh, I can't wait till you get to Alexander the sixth. And I'm well, like, to another context. The bad guy from Assassin's Creed 2. Yeah, no. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't watch, I didn't play through Assassin's Creed 2 all the way. I mean, Um, that one's beautiful because he's working with the Medici family. Yes. You know. Mm. I, I, no, the only thing I know about the Borges is a TV show. The Jeremy Arc. Well, all of that. Yeah. So. (laughs) That's Alexander the Sixth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. But yeah, um, Sergius three, uh, definitely up there with uh, scandalous popes. Oh my gosh, so yeah. many. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because he seems so incredibly scandalous, but then you get a few popes on from him, and they make him look like a, a lame joke. So we're entering a period of history that is just wild for the papacy. That's so exciting because it seems like now, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like now, like since in modern times anyways like in my lifetime the popes that have existed in my lifetime it's been fairly boring like the only yeah. i think like the most exciting aspect of it is the fact that we have access to so much information mm-hmm. about them now like mm-hmm. there's actual twitter accounts that all they do is just feed you stuff that's yeah. happening in the vatican and with the pope yeah so, yeah I, I mean i don't see them as being like if Pope John Paul II had anything to do with porn, I feel like I would definitely know about it. But I think it's yeah. a, fairly boring, right? It's like pretty vanilla, pretty mundane. Yeah. The scandals and the critiques and the criticisms we have about the popes now are not the kind of fun ones that we want to talk about. Yeah. No. Yeah, like you want to hear about popes having affairs and illegitimate children and murder. You don't want to hear about, you know, child sex abuse scandals. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Or like... They're- Francis not being allowed to leave the, the like the Vatican to go and help like the, it was a whole thing where like yeah. at night oh yeah yeah he actually had to hire an entire new group of Swiss guards because Francis kept sneaking out yeah he, he had like, to increase his army by like thirty percent he was like sneaking out and going and doing actually good things yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's also like, didn't he like have like a record store he went to or something. Mm-hmm. He'd go get pizza. He'd go hang out with homeless people. But yeah. now he has Cardinal Krajewski for that. So Cardinal's fun. Yeah, Card- we call him Cardinal Robin Hood because he he just does not give a crap about the rules and will just do what needs to be done. And he's awesome. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. other story. <laughs> Sergius, do you a little bit more about him? He had been a judge during the Cadaver Synod. Ooh. So there were multiple judges? Uh, I mean, Stephen was like the main guy, but the The people who went, yeah, Stephen, what you're saying, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, his yes men. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sergius was one of those. Um, He reversed the decisions of Theodore II and John IX and tried to rehabilitate Stephen's uh, image. Say, hey, you know, it wasn't too bad, you know. (laughs) Conveniently, you know, I was a part of this. But yeah, no, it was fine. It was all fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Don't worry about Stephen the Sixth screaming all the time and the dead body. That's, yeah. it's no big deal. It's fine. 
He's the Pope who wrote Stephen the Sixth epitaph, and it's like very defensive of yeah. Stephen. Yes. <laughs> Great. This is fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, this would leave a lasting mark on this is this is like considered not the but a low point in the papacy because it's like the guy dug up a dead body sure yeah to put it on trial and yell at it of course it would be like if it'd be like if joe biden dug up ronald reagan and yelled at him but a blood trial uh yeah that'd be great yeah that it wouldn't wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah, this this is definitely the moment when you get like, you know, the people at that time are like, I was a Catholic until. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. I went to church. I went to mass until. Yeah. Um, today, there is, quote, nearly unanimous consensus that the cadaver synod was an illegal monstrosity and that Formosus stands entirely vindicated, end quote. Yeah. But it should be noted, there has never been a Formosus second. We should also say, because you said this is one of the lowest points in, or it's an A lowest point in the church, but not the lowest point. The lowest point is considered about 15 popes from now. So we're on a steep slide downwards. Yes. This yeah. is, this sounds amazing. Like, this sounds like one of the more interesting periods in, in papal history. To- <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just wild Definitely. and nerdy. They're like, we're... Well, because how long, how many more popes before the Holy Roman Empire is done? The Holy Roman Empire. That's true. Yeah, a lot. There there comes a point where the pope doesn't really become necessary to become emperor. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's also still way down the line. Okay. Yeah. After the Renaissance, give or take. Yeah. Wow. When the the Habsburgs kind of have a monopoly on emperorship, it's like, you don't really need this. Okay. So, yeah. gotcha. Hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so uh, this part of the show worry. I just list off some of the sources I used. Uh, Joseph Cummins' History's Greatest Untold Stories, Obscure Events of Lasting Importance from 2011, Horace K. Mann's The Lives of the Popes yeah. in Early Middle Ages from 1910, Michael Moore, not that Michael Moore, um, <laughs> article, uh, The Attack on Pope Formosus, Papal History in an Age of Resentment from 2014, Winnie J. Reardon's The Death of the Popes from 2004, yeah. Donald Wilkes' article, The Cadaver Synod, Strangest Trial in History from 2011, and the translation of Leo Pran's uh, sayings on the uh, Retributions or yes. Revenge. <laughs> yes, yes. The translation from 2007. Awesome. So, oh, wow. yeah, that was, that was a fun... That fun little jaunt. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I am. I think I'm more interested in popes than I ever have been in my entire life. Plus, also, it's weirdly kind of lighthearted. I don't know if lighthearted <laughs> is the right word for it, but it's an episode where there's not a massive death toll, uh, which is always, which is always, you know, kind of a refresher. <laughs> yeah. So, and if, if you like, I could make it slightly more lighthearted. Let's do it. Go for it. There is a cadaver synod. Musical. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, we we have um we have some footage for it that we'll be reviewing on our show show shortly. So oh. there is a cadaver synod musical that ran in New York City. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a, what a deep cut to make a musical of. <laughs> oh 
all right. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Oh, fantastic. That's was that great. was that recent or? relatively recent. I ended up uh, in an email chain back and forth with the producer and I'm still trying to get a hold of the actual writer. So it was about six years ago, I want to say, but yeah, it exists and we have about 40 minutes of it to review. So that's amazing. Oh my goodness. Wow. I mean, (laughs) that deserves to be musicalized. Mm -hmm. It is just, it's such an odd incident, but it's just, ugh. It's something that's really hard to wrap your head around because it's like, he dug up a dead body and yelled at it. <laughs> he sure did. Oh, my gosh. And the poor the poor deacons who had to, like, dress him and everything and get him ready. And that's then like, undress him again because you had to strip off all those vestments. Yeah, it's like, oh. Ugh. I think it's also, uh, should be noted, like, the, the guys who had to go bury him and then unbury him and then throw him in the river hysterical the whole time they're probably like i cannot believe that we have to touch this dude's body the fourth time and the people who had to redress him when he was reinterred because at that point the body's also waterlogged (laughs) well probably at that point it didn't have flesh on it (laughs) probably not the the fish probably got to it i was gonna say it's probably missing some stuff well it's missing those three fingers that got chopped off it's definitely absolutely because your connective tissue does not last no especially not like not underwater like that in, in a river. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's uh, probably just like a foot or something that was like tied down or whatever. And that's it. They were just like, yeah, let's just call it a day. Let's just put that, <laughs> let's just put that in the tomb. Yeah. It's fine. This guy's gone back and forth so many times. God, if, if God's going to let him into heaven now, he's just going to let him in. It's <laughs> oh, fine. yeah, definitely. Um, what are we doing for episode 28? Well, had to do a lighthearted one because next up is uh, kind of a tough one. Oh, no. We uh, conclude our little sub-series on the times oh, no. that England has effed up with Ireland. No. You know what's coming? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. The Troubles. No, not the Troubles. Little what? Bef- why, why do you keep teasing me with the Troubles? I've never teased you with the Troubles. <laughs> I've teased you with the potato famine. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that one, more than... Sp- probably a lot of our episodes, you can pin on one person. Oh, boy. Like, that is like, oh, nope, that guy, that guy is guilty. Oh, boy. Okay. And some of the stuff he says, oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Ed, you're going to want to come back to this episode for all the laughs. <laughs> yes, yes, because next week, or next time, probably not a lot of laughs. Oh. Yeah. Man, all right. Well, thank you once again to Bree, our lovely guest from Pontifax. Really appreciate all of your insight. Um, this episode was absolutely hilarious. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate the, uh, the, the, the time you took to talk to, you know, two, uh, noobs at this, uh, at this podcasting game here and, uh, <laughs> uh, Give us some expertise. You know, being a baby podcast is kind of a, a fun and exciting time. So, I mean, like, that is awesome. You guys are doing it, and I love it. Yeah, well, oh. we're trying anyways. <laughs> I mean, I still feel like we're a baby podcast. We just had our fourth anniversary. It feels like we're oh just getting started. Wow. Yeah. Four four years is a long time. I Like, this, I started We Have Up right before I started my horror podcast, but my horror podcast is like, it's just easier 
And Mm -hmm. it's, it's much easier to find, I think, a following when it comes to horror, especially because Juliet and I are both femmes and like, it's, it's easy to kind of like drum up, you know, I I don't want to say like, you know, use your, your feminine wiles, but like (laughs) use your feminine wiles to do that. Um, Also. So like, we're kind of, we have like these weird inroads into the horror community. So it's been, it's been a lot easier. So we're, we're trying to do some stuff We're we're drumming up ideas to try and make we effed up a little bit bigger. Cause I think, I think it could be pretty. Yeah. Cool. The, the day after Absolutely. this comes out is going to be, um, our special, our special one year. Oh yeah. Special, special anniversary, special episode, special. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, it will be called that. Okay. Right. I love Special it. There like nine times. All right. Where we, uh, well, we have the outro thing on it. Yeah. But um, basically ranking all the 26 people we've done in year one and the giant tournament. See who effed up the most. So it's the biggest effort ever. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that's a big category. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, Brie. Really, really appreciate <sighs> it. That was tons Not of fun. Not a problem. Please be sure to check out our other projects, The Drunken Pawn, where we play board games and drink on YouTube, Uh, Attack of the Final Girls, my sister podcast project with my lovely pod wife, Juliet, where we talk about horror movies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WeEffedUp, no spaces. Be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen. Until next time, I'm Teresa. I'm Cody. And this is We We Effed Up. Up.